Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast with Brokers. Uh, we today have Terry. He's a home inspector that we trust, and he's giving a talk to our shop in Jersey City about some uh, tips and tricks on what to expect with home inspections, uh, where we're going with home inspections going forward. Um, and we think it'll be a great opportunity for our listeners to hear it as well. So without further ado, this is Terry Darling, uh, and he is dropping some knowledge about home inspections. Um, I'm Terry Darling with Home Safe Inspections. And I'm sorry I'm late today. Okay. We had a, a mix-up on the address, but the food's on the way, so it should be here shortly. <laughs> um, so thank you so much yeah. for uh, having us today. It's great to meet everybody. Um, we had a PowerPoint, but we're going to cut it a little short today and just kind of fly from the hip. Um, our PowerPoint was entitled "What to Expect When You're Expect Inspecting." Um, a lot of you are seasoned agents. All of you may be seasoned agents here, right? Yep. Uh, and everybody online too. So um, there are so many things you already know and expectations you already have, but hopefully there's a few things that we can talk about that are beneficial to how you set an expectation for your client and um, how we can make that inspection experience more positive. Um, let's see, I gotta remember my stats off the top of my head. So our New Jersey home buyer clients, 38% of buyers in New Jersey are first-time buyers. And everybody knows, everybody's had a first-time buyer, right? Uh, we have a lot of them that come from the city, especially to Hudson County. First-time buyers have probably 10 times more questions than your typical trade-up buyer or someone who's already been a real estate consumer. So one of the things you really have to do is manage their expectation. Um, if they've never been on a home inspection, they don't know what to expect, right? They've never been through the process before, they don't understand uh, all the things that you have to do to get to that closing table, right? Uh, so that's one of the things that we try to help manage is that first time buyer or any buyer really, when you call uh, to book with us, you can book all your inspection experiences at once. Um, we try to help talk people through what are the type of inspections you might need. Now you guys do a lot of condo purchases here, right? But um, I'm sure you've all had buyers who are outside of the market here or maybe you're buying a multifamily or something like that. Um, people may not understand. What is radon? Um, why do I need to have a sewer scope inspected? Most people don't know that uh, a lateral sewer line, if it's cast iron, has an expected life, like everything does, of about 75 to 100 years. Well, how old is our housing stock here? It's about 100 years old, right? So if that lateral sewer line's never been repaired, replaced, you're probably close or you're past its expected lifespan. So if you're buying a house for a million two, is it worth it to have that sewer line done? Of course. And in the market the way it's been this last year, um, the buyer's leverage is very small on the inspection side, right? You, you really don't have much of a hammer. Um, sellers really have, have been in control on the repair things, but the sewer line is one thing that you can't see, and it's very expensive to fix if you need to, and it's easier to negotiate. So, so um, we try to educate buyers on, those are the kind of things that are important. Radon's like that too, radon, you can't see it. Um, we don't have a, a lot of high radon areas here in Hudson County, but you do see it once in a while, and um, 
It's another one of those things. It's not that expensive to test for, and it, it's easy to control if you have a high radon level. So um, a couple of things with that. Um, when you're booking an inspection, uh, we like to tell people that we, we perform our inspections really in two phases. The first phase is uh, we're testing components, we're operating systems, and we always encourage someone to be there for the inspection to be present for the inspection. However, if they can't be there the entire time, it's no problem. They're not going to miss anything, right? We'll still answer all their questions. <clears throat> One of the reasons we do two phases is, <clears throat> excuse me, the second phase of the inspection is really the um, teaching phase, right? And that's where we have something to tell, tell the client. Um, when you show up at the mechanic, you hand them your keys, right? And you say, what's wrong with the car? No, you let them do a little bit of work, right? They put it on the lift. They see what's going on. Uh, it's kind of like that with an inspection. People show up a lot of times, and the first five minutes they go, what do you think? And we say, well, I think I'm unpacking the truck. I think I've got to do a little bit of work before I can tell you what I think. Uh, if I could just show up and tell you what I think, you know, I probably wouldn't make a living doing this. Um, that would be nice, but we have to do some work to figure things out. So when you talk to clients, it, especially we do a lot of evening inspections. So like I have at five o'clock tomorrow, that person can't be there until six. So I'm like, that's fine. If you show up at six, you're not gonna miss anything at all. We're gonna be through most of it. And then I'm ready to teach you what I've, what I've learned. Um, we're always cognizant of the client's experience, but we're also very cognizant of your experience as real estate professionals. Um, the inspection goes faster if the inspector can focus on the home and then teach it back to the client. Um, one of the other reasons we like to do it that way is we will do the outside if it's a detached home, but we really start in the bottom and work our way up, and then we take the client back through it backwards. We start at the top and the attic and work back down as we teach the home back. That does a couple of things, but one of the, one of the main things we like, hi Angela, oh, all right, Angela's here. Food. Food. Where am I? Back there is good. Oh yeah, I'll check it out. Where we put it last time, I think it's awesome. Okay. So to that point, not to cut you off, but yeah. like one of the things that I do and I think a lot of us do here too is when you walk in and there's like parents and the whole thing, yes. I always say to people, Hey guys, you're gonna get a better inspection if you let Terry do his thing first. And then we can, you know, we can pick Terry's brain for as long as you want, but let's let Terry just do his thing first and then we'll, we'll all talk about it. Is that something you recommend or? Yes, 100%. And that's, we look at this like this is a partnership, partnership with you. Um, an inspector has four clients, the buyer, the seller, and both agents or brokers. And the buyer's dad. And the buyer's dad. <laughs> and I always tell people too, if you want to bring your dad, it's an extra $50. To um, dad has killed more inspections yeah. than any home inspector ever. So, um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes dad's writing a check too. Like sometimes, you know, mom and dad are, are helping with the down payment. They definitely want to be there. However, everybody gets a better inspection. Angela, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Uh, Enjoy everybody. Thank you. Uh, You have a better home inspection, just like Lisa said, if you don't have parents, occupants, pets, or vehicles also 
on a detached house, on a house in the suburbs where you're doing an oil tank sweep especially, you don't want to have vehicles on the property because that tank sweep professional won't be able to survey the entire property. But dad is, uh, can be a real problem, and obviously we're joking about it, but dad can also, and almost always does, make the inspection about 20% longer than it needs to be. Because now you have an additional client who's also asking questions and also wants to check your credentials because they didn't go to the website and see that you have all these credentials beforehand anyway. And then sometimes dad just wants to, you know, stay on your shoulder the whole time. And imagine, back to the mechanic, imagine if you stood behind your mechanic how much longer would it take to have your brakes done? If you asked him, well, how long is that brake gonna last? Or what are you touching there? What are you doing here? So the best inspections are the ones where it's not a family reunion, for sure, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, one of the other things I wanted to touch on, because I know you guys do a lot of condos, right? Um, is managing the expectation for that condo client who maybe they bought another house or maybe their parents are telling them about their home inspection or someone else's and they think this is gonna be the same as a detached house, a lot of times, it, well, it can't be, right? You're limited with a condo to um, really what's within the four walls of the home. What the homeowner individual owns is what you're going to buy and be responsible for, right? So a very common question we have all the time from clients for condos is, will you inspect the roof? Will you inspect the garage? Will you inspect the elevator? All those kind of things too. Um, what we tell people is, we're in the business of giving people information, hopefully making them feel better, or giving them information that's like, uh, I don't know if I want to buy this, but hopefully it's the making them feel better part. <laughs> With a condo, there are so many things that we can't include in the report because it's outside the scope of work and our insurance won't cover us anyway. Like if I told you the roof on this building was fine, I would be responsible for that entire roof. My insurance company won't let me do that. Um, but we also understand someone's buying something if it's a five-floor walk-up and they're on the fifth floor they're worried about the roof. Your, your, your condo had a problem the first time we met we were talking about yep. right? So we do try to access areas, visually inspect them, and tell people what they can expect. But one of the best things that you can do for your clients is a condo client, tell them to talk to that management company or the homeowners association, if it's a small association, and ask them questions about the roof. When was it done last? Uh, is it on a regular inspection basis? Really should have the roof inspected like every five years with a, with a condo building. Most of them aren't, but they should be. If a repair was done, is it warrantied? Things like that, that a buyer can get information that'll make them feel more comfortable. Then they'll talk about things and have conversations about what's the reserve. The roof's 24 years old. What's our reserve? It's about time to do the roof. It's probably time to do the roof five years ago. So that building should have, you know, a solid reserve put away that you're ready to uh, put into use already. And that way, eh, if you can't see the roof, okay, but we know there's a plan in place. So anyway, that's a little bit about condos. If you guys want to take a pause and get some food going now. Yeah, you guys, everybody help yourself because I know some people have to go, but I'm going to ask you some questions if that's okay. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then we can open it up for questions for everybody else. What, uh, what have you seen differently with COVID? Anything new that COVID, COVID has ushered in with home inspections? So, you know, early on, people stopped bringing dad. People stopped bringing anybody, right? right? Which was good. And in fact, um, sometimes a buyer, a couple, right. only bring one of them even, 
But one of the things that has changed through that is uh, video chat yeah. is a lot more common. Okay. And I mean, you guys probably have this too. You have buyers from outside of the area. Yeah, we have but, a lot of that actually, and yeah. So we just had one last week from Canada. Actually, someone's leaving Canada to move to the United States. Yep. I know everyone thinks like everyone's leaving the United States this week, right? Yeah, yeah. They're leaving Canada moving here. Um, and we did the recap. We did an original um, introduction at the beginning of the inspection. We right. kind of talked about it. We set expectations like we do for any client. Right. And uh, then I said, hey, we're going to get through the inspection. We'll call you back in right. 90 minutes or so. And that's what we did. And then we went through everything with the video chat, which is great. Uh, so that's becoming more common practice okay. with people less um, less insistent on attending the entire inspection. Part of that's driven by COVID, and part of that is also you see buyers are buying things sight unseen, yeah, or at least physically not being in the building, yeah, right. So that's an expectation that's changing in the market. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing too is you're seeing fewer inspections. You're seeing people waive things. We had a client the other day that they didn't even get um, a disclosure. I see that more and more, which is bananas to me. We don't do disclosures in Hudson County. Yeah, yeah. see, oh, yeah, every, every once in a while you do a few yeah. it, but it's probably less than one percent of all yeah. the business. Yeah, this one was in the suburbs, yeah. and, that, and that, that was, you know, but that's transferring over there too. So you're seeing that more and more. Um, one other thing too is, I think we're seeing more sewer scopes and we're seeing more tank sweeps because those two things are something that is easier to negotiate. If there's a problem with the sewer line, it's concrete. It's not black or white. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with a tank sweep. And we, do, we offer tank sweeps, but we do it through a vendor. So we really don't make much profit on it. But I tell people, if you're gonna pass on anything, Pass on the home inspection, do the tank sweep. Um, there was a property in the Heights, I think it's on Hutton. What about the uh, scope of the piping uh, the uh, sewer? The sewer line, we do that. Yeah, we do that in-house, we do that ourselves. So we do that, even if you aren't using us for home inspections, we'll do that. If you guys have other inspectors you use, we offer that service to clients as a standalone. Um, we actually, but, my husband and I have a 102 year old property up in Rhode Island and we did the scope and ended up having it, it was the, the quote was insane it was like forty thousand dollars to, to fit, redo the line. to redo the line and we ended yeah. up getting it as a credit because you would have to open up the whole street a lot of with with the urban areas here for the you know for the brownstones you have to block off the whole street you yes. have to get approvals by the town it's a nightmare it's a lot so it's even though the line may not be long it's very expensive yeah it can be really expensive in, in cities for sure. what do you think is the most common issue you're seeing with condo home inspections like what comes up all the time in condos that are converted it's electric a lot the electric panel um they they go cheap on them they, and also they're mismatched um they're left over they're left behind things like that in condos that weren't converted and done well um, I see that a lot. What else do we see? Um, windows. Windows is an issue. Just and that's, yeah, I feel and like that's they're on every single one. Right? Yeah. And that's a thing that's difficult in condos because you have to understand from buyer side who's responsible for the windows. Right? Is it the building or is it the seller that I'm buying it from? Um, but I think those are two main things. And... Um, 
buyers don't understand. We try, even if we're not finding defects, we're trying to inform people, we're trying to educate people. Uh, a lot of times, the first time buyer doesn't even know like what a filter is or where it goes or you know, what's the difference between a heat pump and a furnace and how do they heat the home differently. We try to give that kind of value um, and people not understanding even how something is heated uh, is kind of funny. Yeah. But, but those are the two big things, I think, with condos, the, the windows and, um, yeah. What's your turnaround time for reports? Because that's something we have a lot of issues with, sure. with your kind. Yes, <laughs> I know. I hear that all the time. Um, we changed our reporting software this year in 22, and we are now with Spectora, which doesn't really mean anything to anyone who's not in the home inspection world. But um, if you're ever talking to other home inspectors, ask them about Spectora. Ask them, like, what software they do use. We've used other softwares in the past, and it's always hard to make that change, right? I'm so glad we did. My regret is I didn't do it. I didn't do it earlier. Um, this software is so easy to use from a user standpoint. It is from, a, from an inspector standpoint, too, but from a client user standpoint. Um, is it the one with the videos? and has videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it has the color coding. So, yes. you know, because people are like, do I really need to fix this? There's a lot of information inspectors going to give your clients. You guys know this, where it's not something you're going to negotiate anyway. But they need to know this, yeah. right? They need to know that you know the screens are out, or you know how to change the filter, how old the furnace is. Doesn't mean it needs a new furnace, but you need to know how old it is so you can budget to replace it when it's time. Um, so this software codes everything: uh, blue, orange, and green. Blue, it's a maintenance issue or it's an information issue. Orange is something that should be corrected. And red is something that should be corrected now before you close. It's a health and safety issue. Um, so it makes it a lot easier for clients to put a repair list together, even for themselves if they're not negotiating a credit, but to put a, a repair list together for the things that need to be done. Um, my long-winded answer to your question when I talk about software is, uh, Spectora has helped us reduce our turnaround time to 48 hours. Right. And my goal for the end of the year is to get our template squared away to the point we can deliver the following day. That's my goal for the end of the year. Because even 48 hours is great. Are you, <laughs> are you speaking to the client after they send the report up and go over the yeah. red items or yeah. yellow items? Sure. Yeah, we do. Um, so we're a multi-inspector firm. I try to be the point of contact mm -hmm. for client questions because mm -hmm. I try to free up our other inspectors yeah, so that they don't have to be on the phone all day. But, uh, but to answer your question, yes, we definitely do. So people are always welcome to reach out to us um, you know, via email or phone. And I tell people, this is a transaction, a home inspection is a transaction. We look at it differently. We look at it like this is a relationship that we begin today. And I always tell people like, we just met today, but we're not breaking up today. You're gonna move in, you're gonna have questions after you get the report. You may have questions after you move in. And right now it's June. So when it's time to turn the heat on, we didn't run the heat today, right? You may have questions again. We're not here just for today for you. We want you to call us if you have questions. If you don't know which plumber to use because you're new to the neighborhood, call us for that. We're the home inspection company that actually wants people to call us, not just to order their inspection, but whenever they need something. What is the main issue with that though? Like why can't you turn the heat on during the summertime and inspect? Mm, good question. I That's never a good knew. question. You know, yeah. like, I can't do it because it's the time of the year. I'm like, you just shut it off and put the heat on, right? You just turn yeah. it back on. You're right. It seems easy, right? So a couple of things. First of all, today, like, it's warm enough in here. It's not really going to give us much heat. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in the winter. 
Like if you turn the air conditioning on and the ambient heat is too cold, it's not really gonna get cold. But it's, it's not gonna, it's not effect of breaking the system wall, right? It won't break it. However, if you have a furnace, a split system, a gas-fired furnace, mm -hmm. you can't damage the system. You really should have 48 hours. So, so when we have this crazy weather in Jersey where it's like 70 degrees, you know, or 75 one day and it's 32 the next, mm -hmm. you really shouldn't turn the heat on after having the AC on the day before. You really should have 48 hours, two days, between switching the systems back and forth. HVAC techs will do it, but it can damage a furnace to do it that way. So. So let me ask you a question in that fact, when you explain this to clients, the reason why, and we, again, I've been doing this long enough, that I've heard that a million times. Yeah. In the expectation that you really can't check the heat during the summertime, but the furnace, the AC is working well, does that kind of coincide that the heat should work well? Usually, or could that be a totally really like, well, I, you know, if you really yeah. want to find out if the heat's working exactly well, give me a call in the fall, I'll come out and take a look at it, and it's actually dollars <laughs> Yeah. Well, if it's a furnace with a split system like that, typically, yes. Now, we're still going to open it up and see if there's rust or there's mm -hmm. other problems inside. But if it's an eight-year-old um, HVAC system, then the furnace and the plenum, both sides of it, should be the same age. Really. Mm -hmm. So typically, that's the case. Um, now, if it's two different systems, meaning uh, an air handler for the AC and then a hot water system, baseboard system, something like that, then, you know... If it's those in-between days, mm -hmm. I've done that. I've run them both. It's not going to damage anything. And if it's, you know, 60 degrees out, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, you can do both. Yeah. So. I mean, again, I don't get involved in any of this stuff. I just let the inspector tell the clients what to do, what they can do. Yeah. I just stay out of it. But I just personally, like, why? You know, like, I would like to know. Yeah. That's a good question. Zita no, uh, is... also has a question. Go on ahead, Zita. I'm just on the same line. Just in the building argument, it seems like um, the, the HVAC, like every other unit, is getting rid of the HVAC, and it's probably because you know the original is the building. My question is, how? What's the average life of these HVACs? It seems like they're going bust because everyone's working from home and running them more. Just, <laughs> just constantly running into HVAC problems here, and like everyone seems to have HVAC issues. And I, I'm just nervous about HVACs. <laughs> That's a good question, and you have a point there. We are um, probably harder on our homes in general than we were before because we're in them more, right? Uh, the typical life on an HVAC system is about 15 to 20 years, but, I mean, you do see them that last a lot longer than that, too. Um, are you seeing issues more with, like, the, um, the compressor or the HVAC itself or the whole thing? I know nothing about this stuff. I'm like the dumbest person alive. No, not at <laughs> so all. Not I at all. I see them at the curb, and I see, you know, that they're not cooling sufficiently during home inspection, and then the home inspector will say it's end of life, and you know, for a unit that's 2009. I, I don't know how they, you know, like I was just curious what the average is because it seems like it's more like 15 years or just 20. <laughs> yeah, it may be in 2009. You're right about there, so that's probably the case. Uh, a lot of it has to do with maintenance as well. People that don't do their maintenance, uh, you see the, the units don't last as long. And even things like changing the filter, you don't think that's a big deal, but if you never change the filter, that system has to work a lot harder. And a lot of times tenants don't change filters. So back to the condo thing, I mean, you, I'm sure you guys see it too. You have more inspection issues with tenant occupied units 
than you do usually the homeowner who takes care of their home. So, I what I've done in the past with that is I told my clients is when they have such last three, they should put in a lease and like put in a lease and let because of once every either get a two month filter, a three month filter, or a yeah. month filter, and you're gonna come in and change them yourself. Yeah, and you're gonna give them proper notice because again, I've walked into places the filter that I just did home, we do. Um, I have my client services HV system because it wasn't serviced in like three years. The filter was black. Yeah. So they, they were there for five years. They probably never changed it once. Yeah. And luckily, oh, they didn't burn out the system. But yeah. uh, I, like I tell people that have renters in there, they really should have let them, since they don't want to trust their renters, not that their renters are doing anything wrong, but they just don't care. It's not their property. Right. That the owner should really, especially if it's a million dollar place, the, the listing I had last year, that lease on myself, Sheamus uh, was there, $1.2 million. The one brand heap I had of the previous year, he rented out for two years prior to that. That he came in there once a month in the lease to replace the filters. Nah, and, and the clients, you just get the clients proper notice, but that's one of the better ways around worrying about a renter, a renter taking, you know, taking care of the property. I think this is a great idea. The other thing, too, with a, with a landlord situation, it's just good to put your eyes on it once a month, yeah. right? Well, that's the thing, too. You got to get a chance to go in there and take a look at yeah. it. Right, I think that's always good too. Because if something's leaking, they're just things that aren't reported sometimes by a tenant. So that's always a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Any well, other questions for Tari? I have one question more, mm. I'm sorry. Um, the market's gonna be changing soon. Yes. And I think it's gonna level off to where sellers don't have the upper hand as much as they yeah. can. I think it's gonna be more of a level market. Maybe a little bit, a little bit different for sellers, but um, homes that are very old that are, haven't been updated, uh, have you ever seen or done a, a pre-inspection for the seller to see the advance, okay, what items I should fix before I lease the home? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Um, like. So, and again, if they don't fix it, at least they know what the issues are. Sure. So at least they can be prepared to either get a fix or give a credit when the buyer does their home inspection. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and we do, we do pre-listings as well. This past year, we haven't done as many as we have in the past. However, um, the clients that are more typical, we find are uh, landlords mm. who don't use the building all the time. Mm. People who inherit it, if it's an estate. Mm. And then um, also, we have, sometimes we have that owner who's owned it a long time. We just did one in South Orange last month. The guy had owned it since the 80s. And I think he wanted to sell it for sale by owner maybe. Um, I'm not sure where it's gonna go with that. But he wanted to know what was going on. And the thing we found in that house was a Federal Pacific panel. And he was like, what does that even mean? So that's one of those things where, I don't know what he's gonna do, but my advice to him was, you need to be prepared. Federal, everybody knows Federal Pacific panel. If you don't, um, you don't know until you know. So Federal Pacific panel is uh, an electric panel that was manufactured in Newark. That's why there's so many here. Um, from like the 50s to the 80s. They have a failure rate of like 25%. And failure rate, I mean like they'll catch on fire. <laughs> so we always, always recommend that they're replaced because the failure rate's so high, you can't get an FHA loan with it, they need to be removed from a house for sure. Um, people don't know that, including this homeowner and a lot of people in real estate, but that's one of those things, if you see FedPAC, or if you see the red tips on the breakers, even when you're doing a pre-listing walkthrough with somebody, advise them on that. That's one of those things on inspection that really stands out. Uh, but those things are helpful to sellers mm -hmm. 
uh, when they're preparing to sell. And I think that's going to swing back a little bit because the hammer is going back to the buyers. Yeah, you see that. Yeah. I've uh, had a deal with the Federal Pacific. I've had, I, when I got to business, there were tons of them. They yeah. see less and less of them now. You do. Um, right. But uh, a couple of years ago, I sold a house in uh, Cedar Grove and the Federal Pacific block. They want to far and close me out and get that changed out. My clients were waived all the, uh, waived like up to $2,500 worth of inspection issues. Um, but that was one thing they were not, they were not uh, uh, handle it. They would not go through the sale unless that was really changed for it. Yeah. yeah, and the sellers will they, they my clients want fifteen percent of the asking price to get the property. So, how much have, is that to replace? Depends on the, the size of the house and everything has to be redone or not. But I mean, to do a panel, it's expensive. You know, it's, like we're talking like five thousand. We're talking yeah, like twenty. Usually about five thousand, and the condo mm -hmm. is going to be less. But okay. you know, uh, but that definitely needs to be done. Yeah. But it's fixable. It's not like if it's in yeah. a condo, you can't. These are, everything's fixable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, everything's There are very few things that will actually, in my opinion, kill the deal. Uh, now, buyers are different. They all have their own agenda sometimes. But if the deal's right, there's no reason not to buy real estate. You know, um, We're going to need you to say that again. If the deal is right, mm -hmm. there's no reason not to buy real estate. I mean, okay. everything is fixable. So. Uh, but one more time another, for the cheap seats in the back. <laughs> that's another part of client expectation and client management of that expectation. Um, you know. Yep. But listen, that's why we're in a partnership. And we do look at it that way, by the way, too. I mean, you guys are trying to get over all those hurdles to get to the closing table. We're trying to help people get there, too. It doesn't mean that we don't find things that people run away. That does happen. It always happens. And you're, it's you're not a deal killer. Yeah, it's not your old term. We're not. We're not a deal killing firm. But but I think um, we talked about this too. The first time I met you, like this is the kind of group that like we wouldn't want our clients proceeding right. if it was something they should kill the deal over. Yes. So you have professionals in this room. We're not. You know, we, we're certainly not transaction brokers in the sense that we just have to have like twenty transactions under our belt at the end of the month. Like we we have like lifetime clients. I yeah. think the, everybody in this room has like lifetime clients. So it's more important to us that they do get a thorough inspection. And you say calmly, this is an issue, you know, whatever. So I, I think all of us have killed deals happily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of us have killed deals happily for our clients yeah. to make sure that they don't buy something that they're going to hate us for three years later. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's really important. Uh, and, and those are the kind of offices that we try to develop relationships with because, you know, you don't want to sell somebody one house, right? You want to sell somebody every house that they're going to buy for the rest of their life. And you do that by developing trust, and that's what we try to do too. I have one more question if you don't mind. Please. This is a general question. This always comes up. An older hot water tank. It's passing life expectancy, yeah. but it's still functioning. Yeah. Is that is always going to be say, listen, hey guys, it's working fine, but it's passing life expectancy. I suggest you ask for a replacement, or are you doing that, asking for that, or are you just saying, it's back to life expectancy, but everything is working fine, there should be no issue with it? Yeah, it's you a good question. It's a common question. Uh, because that's one of those things, you know. I bought a house 15 years ago. The water heater was 29 years old. I mean, we're fine. Now, I replaced it. It was the first things I did. Because yeah. like, you're pushing your luck. As far as on the inspection side, though, we tell people how old something is. We tell them the condition of it. If it's beyond 12, 15 years, we'll recommend that they budget to replace it. Usually, I try to tell my inspectors to use your common sense. If it's more than 20 years old, it's going to be worded a little more 
strongly. Like, this should be replaced. Mm -hmm. It's way past. If it's water heaters like eight to 12 years, that's your estimated lifespan. If it's 11 years old, I'm not gonna tell you it needs to be replaced. I try to, to counsel people this way. My water heater is 12 years old. I'm not replacing it. If you wanna buy my house right now, I'm not replacing it. If you own the house right now, you wouldn't replace it. If you own the house already, as a, the buyer, sometimes I tell people think about it that way. If you already own this house, would you replace that water heater or refrigerator, or would you just wait until you need to? That's usually what you're going to do. So yeah, so that's the way we try to look at it. You know. I just get people that like they're you know, like, it's 12 years old. Like it's, it, I go. And almost back to like it's it's in pristine condition. Yeah. It's just that it's old. Well, and to your point, I think you're going to have a lot more people willing to replace those things now, or willing to ask for those things to be replaced, as yeah. on a buyer side. I would just tell them that at that point, Roberto, uh, uh, instead of water demand, was tankless. Everybody loves those. The, the, you know, it's, it comes less of a home inspection issue, I think, because you have to worry about water damage from it. You're right. You know. Any fun? Or funny, like what's the most hilarious in home inspection you've ever done? Not to put you on the spot, mm, but I'm sure hilarious. you have. And weird things you've found. Yes, we do find weird things. <laughs> um, we always find like bodies in the floorboards. Stuff. Yeah, weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, weird stuff in the basement. One time, um, uh, this is an appraisal story. Actually, I'm also a certified appraiser, but I was in Queens doing appraisal once, and this lady. She was from like Haiti or somewhere like Haiti and she was like, you go in the basement by yourself, are you afraid? I'm like, I'm not afraid. She had a shrine room and then she had like chickens in the it was basement. Santeria. She's like, you're not afraid. I'm like, I'm not afraid. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she had a nice thing. But I have questions. Then, yeah, so and she had a lot of stuff in there. That was kind of wild. The chickens yeah. in the basement. Yeah. Life. I've seen a lot of chickens in homes actually. What? Yeah, it's weird, but I mean, I've I would seen put a chicken in, in my kitchens. home. I would love a chicken. Um, you know those chickens in Jersey City, right? Or, on Erie. Yeah, but yeah. on Erie. We saw them not long ago, too. So. Nights as well. Is that right? Yeah. I haven't seen those yet. Yeah. But yeah. we do see a lot of wildlife. Um, that's kind of odd. Mm. Uh, uh, Steve has a sound Go ahead, Steven. Yeah, hi. Um, do you typically, for like a condo, do you typically go on the roof and check the compressor for the air conditioner? So that's a really good question for a condo, Steve, uh, because a lot of times with multiple units, they don't mark the compressors as to which one it is. So what we'll do is turn the AC off, uh, leave the client or the agent in the unit, and then we'll go to the roof and then call them, have them turn it on. We'll try to determine which one is ours that way. Um, even sometimes when they are labeled, condensers on the roof, they fade in the sun. So a lot of times you can't tell how old they are, it's difficult, but at least we'll try to operate it that way. So yeah, we do that because you want to be able to tell a technician which one is yours when they need to come work on it too. And hopefully we can tell how old it is that way. So whenever we can get on the roof, we, we definitely do. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. All right, any more questions for Terry while we have him? Terry, you want to give your contact information? Oh, great. Terrific. So, and I wanted to uh, tell you guys we're going to run a special for you for the rest of the summer, too. Ah. So, we are Home Safe Inspections. Okay. And uh, everybody find us on Instagram, Home Safe Inspectors NJ. Hang on, I'll do that right now. Super, <laughs> thank you. Um, and our phone number and everything is there, too. Uh, clients can order through our website, 
Is your website on the Instagram link? It is. Which yeah. is really good with that stuff anyway. Yeah. What is it, it again? Is, just for it's, uh, the website is cheap seats in the back. Home Safe Inspectors. <laughs> um, that's it. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, for the win. Um, so we have uh, we have a call center uh, for us as well. Our call center only works with home inspectors. So when people call. Uh, they'll get someone who's experienced, who knows the lingo, who can talk to them about what a sewer scope is, what a radon test is, all those kind of things. And they're open seven days a week, which is nice. Our phone number's on there too. And they can also order through the website at any time, which is great. So um, our offer for you guys, to thank you for letting us come in today, is now through Labor Day, your clients can order their inspection either way, website or over the phone, and save 10% on the inspection. The code is EV10, EV10, when you call or use the website, and save them a little bit of money. Thanks, dude. Give us a try. So thank you. Love that. Very much. Thank you. Thank you. I did bring um, tote bags for everybody, which everybody needs now, and there (laughs) is a tape measure inside. So get yourself a tote bag. Awesome. I'll leave the rest here for everybody else. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and guys, thanks so much. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is very helpful. We really appreciate it. Uh, You do Bergen County as well as we do Bergen County, Monmouth to Bergen. Love it. Um, One other thing, the lead dust uh, law goes into effect in July. Oh yes, talk about this. So I actually have training on it next week. So if you want me to come back in the fall, I can or anytime later in the summer, I could do a half an hour for you about the lead dust law and the changes that we need to be aware of. I don't really have any information for you now, but I will after yeah. next week. Perfect, that would so, be really helpful. But every three years or every time a tenant turns over, a house that's prior to 78, which is basically everything, right. has to be tested for lead dust. So, talk How will we doing the testing? Is that a state run thing? Is that a home inspector? We'll be doing it. That's why we're, well, that's so why we're every, training Even for every rental, you're gonna have to, every on a yearly basis, you have to call a home inspector to come in to test. He said every time they vacate. Every time they vacate, okay, turn but they vacate every year though. So you yes, yes. Or every three years, regardless. Now, is that going to be a super expensive thing for homeowners? I'm not sure where our price point's going to be. Okay. I'm going to try not to, to make it that. Yeah. My guess is two to three hundred dollars. I don't know. No, I got that. Um, but I'll know more for you next week. So that's just statewide in New Jersey only, or just going for the United States? Do you know? Jersey. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Just taking all your money. Yeah, well, not mine. No, sure we are. You know, I'm sure but everyone should move there. Everyone should move to New yeah. Jersey. <laughs> Just come with a very I fat live, wallet. I live, I live in Carroll, South Carolina, but you should buy in Jersey. You should definitely buy in Jersey. Just make sure you have a very large bank account. Um, all right, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate right, yes. it. This is thank awesome. You thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great presentation.